Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, what's the difference between circumstances and joy? Here it is. Joy is based on our living personal relationship with Jesus. You see, a real life and joy are not found in circumstances. They're found in a person. It's God. You can't build your life on circumstances or most of the time you'll be miserable. People often use the term joy. Many equate it with the word happy. The Bible uses the term blessed, which is often translated in English as happy. Scripture uses joy rather than happy because God wants to convey something different. As Pastor Mark is teaching, happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on the character and reliability of God. That's why in places like James 1, we are encouraged to count all things joy. It involves God's faithfulness and ability to care for us despite our circumstances. This is comforting and something we do well to remember. There are a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 1 of his message, Life Happens. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. An amazing book the Apostle Paul wrote. There's a man, 99.9% of you never seen him before. His name is Wayne. He's one of the three original co-founders of Apple Computer. Many years ago. In fact, Wayne designed the company's original logo the one you see, and wrote the manual for the Apple One computer himself. Because of all that, the other co-founders gave him 10% of the stock in Apple. Well, it wasn't long after the Apple company got started that Wayne got nervous because they were buying all of the stuff it had started to take off. And Wayne got Nervous at the debt that the other two owners were incurring. So 12 days after the company got started, Wayne sold his shares. He sold his 10% in Apple for $800. This is a true story. Today, Wayne's stock would be worth $22 billion. Dollars. Life happens. That's our teaching today. Life simply happens. 
he goes on in the article, he said, I didn't, I just don't waste time getting frustrated about things that don't work out. I left Apple for reasons that seem sound to me. What can I say? You make a bad decision, you make it on your judgment, what's there, you live with it. I don't know how i do with that. How would you? I was thinking Jobs ought to do what? At least, how about giving them a million bucks off the top? Come on, Job. Or maybe even an iPhone 4 he could give them for free. Well, life happens. Often things don't happen in life as we want or we expect. Sometimes that's because we, well, we have unrealistic expectations. But very often, life simply happens, the ups and the downs, because the Bible tells us that life for all of us, believers and unbelievers, it's no different. We're just going to experience life. And we're going to experience troubles and problems. In fact, Jesus says it like this in John 16. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. But here on earth, you will, you will have many trials and sorrows. But he doesn't end negative. Notice, but take heart because I've overcome the world. So life happens. We all experience the ups and downs of everyday life. Some of you are up. Great weeks. Terrific. Some of you are down. It's difficult. There's situations. There's circumstances. There's people. Now, those of you that are up, go like, I'm always up. You're a liar. Because <laughs> you've been down too. And by the way, if you're up, guess what's coming next? <laughs> we can close now. We'll just have a word of prayer and we'll leave. Am I right? I'm right. All it takes is one phone call and things change. So the question is not, can I prevent the ups and downs? No, you cannot. Life happens. The question is, how do I respond to these ups and downs of life? And see, the whole book is about living our lives with an attitude of joy in spite of up or in spite of down. Now, today, you're going to learn something, so you got to practice a little early. In uh, three or four or five times today, at the end of one of my notes, where you're going to write down, you're going to see a little smiley face. You know the little smiley face? And when you see it, I want you to smile. And that means you got to show your teeth. And let's try right now. Just smile. Just smile at me. Good. If you're at home, get your mirror. You have to look at yourself and smile. And not only that, I, I, when we do that, when you see it, you're going to do this automatically. I want you to turn to a neighbor and just say to them, with smile, joy. See, joy. Yeah. So here it is. Watch me. Smiley face. Turn to your neighbor. Go ahead. Don't be a grouch. Practice it right now. And I'll guarantee you this. By the end of the service, you will smile more here than you've done all week. That's a good thing. So what is the difference between happiness and joy? We defined it. Let's revisit it. Here it is. Happiness depends on the circumstances of life. 
Now, we want to be happy, and we are, but that's not the ultimate because it doesn't work. For instance, if you're a United States soccer fan, it's not a good day for you. It was interesting. After the service last night, a bunch of us went out, and we just go to different restaurants or whatever, and we happened to go to uh, Panera Bread or whatever. Of course, like everybody from Calvary Chapel is there. They ran out of bread. They ran out of everything. Anyway, after eating, we came out, and one of the young college gals says to me, Pastor Mark, you ruined my night. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I TiVo'd the game and didn't want to go home and then watch it. And you told me the outcome during the service. <laughs> Praise God. I said, and then she said something that was great. She said, well, I guess I can use my time more wisely. I went, yes. <laughs> the, yeah, circumstances. Well, what's the difference between circumstances and joy? Here it is. Joy is based on our living personal relationship with Jesus. You see, a real life and joy are not found in circumstances. They're found in a person. It's God. You can't build your life on circumstances or most of the time you'll be miserable. So we build it on our intimate, real, living Relationship with God. Now, I've asked you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. Let's see what Paul says about joy as we go through the scripture today. Starting verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened, life happens. What happened to Paul? Life, life happens. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else, well, that I'm in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. But what kind of things happen to Paul? What is this he's talking about now? I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me Where did Paul find himself as he wrote these verses? Paul was a guy that traveled forever. He was always ever, all over the world. I travel a lot. And when you travel a lot, typically your suitcases have stickers from different companies, different places, and all the securities you have to go in, the visas and all the rest. Take a look. And if you travel a lot, your suitcase looks like that. What did Paul's suitcase stickers look like? Prison here, prison there, jail here, beaten here, hospital here, another prison here. I mean, like he's a frequent flyer prison visitor. That's what he was. He was always in prison. Well, where is Paul when he's writing this letter? He's in prison. He's in prison again. And you're going to see he's in prison, not because he did anything wrong. Well, how in the world is he going to hand those kind of circumstances? What's he going to do with that? Keep your finger there. We'll be back to Philippians. Let's turn back to the book of Acts, chapter 28. Now, when you get there, we'll get on to verse 16. We discover that of all the jails Paul had been in, this is like his best. Because it's not a dungeon. It's not a damp, dark, horrible place where he had been many times. This one is a private residence. 
It's his own jail. Look at verse 16, Acts 28. Luke is writing. Luke is with him. When we got to Rome, where Paul is writing this book that we're studying, Paul was allowed to live by himself, here's the caveat, with a soldier to guard him. Verse 17. Three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews. They came to visit him there. And when they assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the custom of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. So Paul says, "Uh, I'm a prisoner, but I've done nothing wrong. Now, how are you going to do that? for life happening. We're arrested for something. We're put in jail. And we didn't do anything wrong. How am I going to have joy in there? I'm definitely not going to have happiness there. Can I have joy in that area? Well, Pastor Mark, how long did that last? What, is it like, a, like an overnight deal? Well, look down to verse 30. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house And he welcomed all who came to see him. And boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So how long did this imprisonment last? How long? Tell me. Two years. When that took place, He's confined to this house. I've never been confined to a place more than three or four days. Hospital room, I've been there, you've been there. In three or four days, you're confined. You get, you get antsy, you want to go. Sometimes you go, I go on vacation, I'm in a hotel room, three or four days, let's go, let's do something else. I'm going to go. How about being confined to a place for two years? Horrible. But it's more than that. Because as we see in the scripture, Paul was chained. To a Roman guard. Now, it wouldn't have been like these, but it'd be similar. Probably a little longer. How's that beginning to look for you? Now, we know historically that Paul was chained to Roman guards. And at least four, maybe six guards a day. We don't really know if every four hours they changed or every six hours they changed. But at least four to... Six times a day, there was a change of the guard. Always chained two years. How's my joy? Two years. And as he's there, think about what's going through his mind. Paul had no privacy when he ate. He had no privacy when he slept. Prayerfully, the guys aren't snorers. He had no privacy when he read. He had no privacy when he wrote. He had no privacy when he prayed. And let's get real. He had no privacy in the bathroom. Always chained to a soldier. 24-7, two years. What does that look like for you? And I can write about joy. Well, go back to Philippians chapter 1. Let's see what we 
discover in his attitude what it looks like. Now, I'm going to read you what I would write if I was the guy like this. Don't laugh at me when you hear it, because you probably go, oh, I'd add some more things to that. Here's my version of Philippians 1.12. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that this has happened to me, these current circumstances, for a reason. But to be honest, they've ruined my life. Here I am, chained to pagan soldiers 24-7. It's awful. I can't travel. I can't start churches. I can't preach. I can't teach new believers. I'm useless. I'm depressed. I know that nothing good can come from these miserable circumstances. How would you do? Is that about what you'd write? Come on. Be honest with me. Oh, no, Pastor Mark, I'd have joy. Oh, I don't think so. Somewhere in there that resonates with you. But what does Paul write? Look at verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Paul says, in spite of these difficult circumstances, I found joy in prison. Now, he didn't find happiness there. He'd rather be out of there. But he found joy. He says, in fact, I can see what God is doing. And my circumstances are actually advancing the kingdom of God. Paul says, I'm even being fruitful for God, chained to these guards. In all of my teachings, whenever I teach, I try to sit where you sit. And I will always ask myself this question, and that guides me in my application of the teaching. Some of you are out there going, yeah, well, cool, Pastor Mark, that, uh, that's uh, the Apostle Paul. I'm not the Apostle Paul. So, well, to be honest, Pastor Mark, I can't remember the last time I was in one of these. And I really don't plan to ever be chained. Don't plan to ever be in prison. So really, what does any of this have to do with me? That was 2,000 years ago. Well, there's lots of application. We're not in a physical prison. You don't have these handcuffs on you. But because life happens, we are chained in our own prisons. Let me show you some of the prisons that we've all been in. Some that you're in today. The prison chained by a bad marriage. You're going through it right now. It's miserable. You wish you could get out of it. You do anything to get out of it. You're chained to a bad marriage. Some of you are younger, college group, fusion group, or maybe you've been divorced and you're dating. And just recently, this, this relationship that looks so promising, you're devastated today. It's now broken. It's finished. And you can't get over it. You're chained. You're hurt. And you can't get over it. Some of the rest of you, maybe many of you. I just talked to a lady after the second service. Both her and her husband lost jobs. First time in their whole life. Lost jobs, lost their car, lost their home. Never imagined it. Always been productive people. Maybe that's you today. 
Oh, there's no happiness. Pastor Mark, you've got to be kidding me. Can I find joy in that? You're chained by it. The circumstances overwhelm you. Some of us have all been here. Health issues. Lab report this week. Waiting for something coming next week. Not sure what's going to happen. Some of you sit here and you're in pain right now. You've been pain every single day. How in the world? How in the world am I going to get over that? That that just rules my life. That's what I think about. Recently, maybe you've lost a friend to death. A child, a relative, close friend. Doesn't make sense to you. What happened? You're lonely. You're chained by that. Financial problems. That's where we live today. Devastation. Upside down in your mortgage. All kinds of things happening. And maybe like our Apple friend. You can't get past the decisions you've made. Because they affect you today. And you wish you could turn the clock back. And it just absolutely imprisons you today. You can't get over it. Some of you, you're older. You look at yourself and you know that the body is not as healthy as it's going to be. And you look in front of you and you're just critical and negative about it. You, You wish you were 20 years younger. Well, you can't go back. And because of that, you just kind of set life aside. And because of those kind of things, all of these prisons, what happens at the bottom is this. Many people who were positive, upbeat, you love being around them. Today, you're a cynic. You're critical. You're negative. Poison comes out of you, out of your pores because of life and all the things that happen. This is real. This is where we're all at. Well, when you look at those, we have to ask ourselves, how did Paul have joy in spite of all of that stuff? Well, even though he remained chained, Paul learned to live above those circumstances. He refused to let his circumstances dictate his emotions, his attitude. And in fact... He used it to advance the kingdom of God. But how? How? Let me show you how. Paul wrote it. Turn, if you will, in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. One book away from Acts. Romans 8, go down to verse 28. Down to verse 28. As you get there, I'm going to give you a little quiz today. You already know the answer to this. But sometimes we don't think about it this way. Which one of these three statements is correct for a Christ follower? Number one, God is for me. Number two, God is against me. All of us have thought that, no matter, in our life, when circumstances when we bet. You say, God, what are you doing? Pastor Mark told us today about the only founder of Apple who didn't stick around at the beginning and his positive attitude about his decision. Much of our success in life is determined by our response to negative events that happen to us. We learn that as Christ followers, we are to look to God for our ultimate satisfaction in life, trusting Him to carry us through. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching about how we handle life as Christ followers. He will talk about life experiences that we all have to deal with and teach about the contrast there should be between how Christians handle them versus people that don't know Jesus. We will learn about some of the commandments the Bible gives concerning our embracing of joy. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.